welcome back to the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. Joining me this week is the lovely Claire North from... Hello, Claire. And she's from North Canine Dog Training, and she's our expert behaviourist on all things puppy and all things dog, not just puppy. But in this particular uh, episode, we are going to be talking about behaviour and body language in puppies. So um, I've got a list of questions in sections Awesome. Um, so I'm just going to kick off with the most important ones, or I think the most pertinent ones that our readers of my VIP and our customers come into store and ask based around their new puppies. So um, I think we should kick off with that biting, really. I suppose that's one of the main yeah. things that <laughs> the people biggest are concerned. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, so kicking off, so can offering a chew toy help teach a puppy what's acceptable to bite or chew on? I know that we've covered this in previous podcasts, but just a sort of succinct, nice little rounded answer of maybe a little bit more than yes or no. um, (laughs) You know, uh, can you teach a puppy what's acceptable to bite and chew on? Yes. So the thing to do is when you are looking at mouthing behaviours is to be in a position to give the dog something appropriate. Okay. So what you want to do is, when that behaviour is is happening, you want to be in a position to quickly stop it from happening. So you need something to hand. Yeah, and divert it onto something else. Like, like what? So, so not your slipper. No, <laughs> not another human. Not you can't hand. just point the puppy at a yeah. different person in the family. <laughs> <A> deal. <laughs> so there's lots of different things. I would generally say if a puppy is high and excited enough that he's mouthing quite badly... Yeah engaging with something that's food-based. Oh, okay. so not, not a chew roughy toy, more you something that's going to change his... You could try, and some puppies will go for that, but mostly you've got to look at the reasons why we're mouthing, and mostly that isn't necessarily the best idea. So okay. you can try and put them on a rope toy, for example, and play with them and interact with them. What you tend to find is if you just give them a toy, they'll just put it down and come back and make the behaviour again oh, with you. right, okay. So you don't want to get into the habit of, like, a lot of people just push the dog off them, so they, they push the dog back um and then, sorry, I've just been massively distracted because the studio dog woke up. Don't worry, they think he's had a little stroke, bless him. He's just getting comfortable Oh, he's cute. He looks super comfy. So when puppy is chewing on you and and, and jumping about and that kind of thing, that you just push him away and then come back to what you're doing because what you're making is a huge game with you. So he's enjoying it. So what you want is something interactive that allows puppy to do near you but not that's you. So giving them food is more, it's not prolonging the game, it's giving them something completely different to think about. A like, yeah, so you want, so, so this is where I'd be looking at like the uh, the Kong range particularly. Okay. Nice stuffed Kong. It always sounds like we're doing an advert for Kong, but they, they, they are a brilliant range of toys and you can stuff them with food and they're long lasting and they're very like sturdy yeah. rubber on anything they? like that, the Bordemy, Buster Toys, the right. Treat Ball, Kong, Yellow Chicken that we talked about in one oh, of yeah. our previous podcasts, that would do it as well. Things like that, that puppy's got something to do that's more engaging than just a toy. Okay, fine. And what about some time out in the crate? Is it a good idea to gently put your puppy in the crate to calm them down? Would that help? When we think about time out, what I don't want you to think about is telling off. The no. two are very different. It's not punishable, is it? No, it's just absolutely calm. not. Yeah. Puppy's mouth for multiple reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is overstimulation. They are too tired, so they're hysterical, right? Because right. they need more rest. And, and puppies overstimulate very quickly. So the younger they are, the quicker that they overstimulate. So sometimes they might be playing a few minutes and everything is nice, and then suddenly, vroom, 
up mm. comes the behavior so at this point puppy may need a rest right okay. he needs to be able to control himself so the crate is your friend raising a puppy if it's used correctly and I, I must stress that but yeah so nicely so I would have no problem generally pick puppy up so one hand in the collar yeah nicely we're not making mm-hmm. like a physical battle one hand in the collar just for safety yeah one hand underneath him pick him up bring him close to your body even though he's like a floor piranha is he not like to chew your face <laughs> if you do that <laughs> that's what the hand in the collar can right. just oh, gently okay, guide his head away okay um you take him nicely come on baby you need a rest and you pop him away and you let him have a little rest. He will thank you for it. Because um, he is only play-biting, aren't they? They're, they're, not, they're not going for you. You can tell the difference between aggression and play-biting. I mean, unfortunately, puppies' mouths are filled with 28 tiny little razors, yes. <laughs> um, which are attracted to your fingers and toes. But play-biting is, it, it is part of their natural stimulation. It's part of them exploring the world, and it shouldn't be punished. You just need to, like you said, just use some different tools and techniques to just calm them down and try and maintain some kind of stability and 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 calmness yeah they're not just crazy all the time yeah absolutely so I mean we call it play biting but I don't really feel like play no well I was gonna say I've got a Parsons Terrier and they are renowned for sort of you know gnashing in playtime and getting very overexcited but he's buddy is actually incredibly gentle he knows I mean you know he's not a puppy anymore he's like seven or eight he's incredibly gentle so can you actually teach the force of bite to a puppy or is it just something that they just grow and get to know like you said by you by you using the techniques that you've just explained yeah so it's a little bit of an individual thing you know so a few things to bring in right so the breed breed specific is important some dogs are more mouthy so who's more who's more mouthy who's more bitey come on Mm. let's let's get some culprits on the table is that me dare i do it right (gasps) so all puppies will mouth i'll stress that yeah i've never met one in 15 years of training dogs that doesn't However, some mouth more than others. Yeah. <laughs> so, for example, your gun dog breeds, so your labs, your spaniels, your vislers, vines, things like that, those dogs are, because we're always going to look at the genetics that sit behind that. So they're prone to be picking up prey and stuff and, and ducks. They want to pick and, things and, up. Yeah. yeah. So they, we've created that in their genetic predisposition that when they have something in their mouth, it feels nice in their brain. So yeah. they want to pick things up. Okay. So they are what we would term as orally fixated, perhaps more than another breed. So they're going to be more predisposed to picking things up, putting things in their mouth. The nearest thing to puppy always is the human. So the human tends to bear the brunt of that, yeah? Okay. Other breeds would mouth quite hard. So bull terrier breeds, so your Frenchies, your Staffords, your American bulls, things like that. They're going to mouth a little bit harder. Terrier breeds, you know that, you've got a Parsons, I'm sure when he was little... He's not so soft on the no, mouth, he's so a little bit harder. Um, so there's a little bit of that happening as well. There are two big things that you need to do. We need to do the diver and the rest and the this is appropriate, but there's an, an element of management to puppy mouthing that you have to set yourself up for a lot of success that it doesn't happen because with absolutely anything yeah it's the same as in people what dogs practice they get really good at so if that puppy practices half an hour every night of gnawing on you that's what he's going to be good at that's what he's going to enjoy yeah yeah and they're going to look forward to it so i would have myself it depends how many people are in the house and things like that but you need to be in a position where 
when puppy is out and free and roaming, realistically that somebody is available to deal with him. Okay. He shouldn't be, as a young puppy, left to his own devices. No, absolutely not. Because it's not. dangerous. Yes, you should, never, yeah, you should never leave you know. a puppy unattended regardless. No, but... In, so, for example, if I was cooking something and I was the only person there, that puppy comes over and he's ragging the back of my trousers. Yeah. Am I in a position to leave what I'm doing and yeah. go and deal with him? If I'm not, the best thing to do is to manage that before it happens. So what I might think is I need half an hour now, so I'm going to get a couple of stuffed Kongs, pop you in the playpen. You're going to be doing that. I'm doing this. I'm right here. Yeah. But you can't come and make that behaviour. Right. That's how we need to be thinking of it because that makes life a lot easier for you. Okay, that's very sensible advice. Um, so you can teach your puppy that biting means game over. Or is that quite mean? Because you, you want them to mouth, don't you? It's part of their exploration of life, but you don't want them to think that it's a naughty thing to do. Where Where's the... Where's the Where's the yeah, sort of the middle happy ground. spot in the middle? Yeah, where's yeah. the middle ground? So for me personally, with any of the dogs that I work with, I don't buy into the school of they can mouth a little bit, they can mouth this much but not that much. Yeah, because they can't differentiate, no, can they? It, I find They've got no concept of no, time anyway. It's, so. it, it's unclear to them. Dogs need clarity. I right. can do this, I can never do this. So for me, when that puppy starts with his teeth on a human then I am into action to give him something else or whatever plan I've decided, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Okay. I think we need to be really mindful that a lot of people engage dogs with hands, playing, pouncing on the floor, but you encourage the behaviour, which is okay if it's a Sunday afternoon, everybody's relaxed, yeah, we don't mind that he's chewing us, but then flip that around it's Monday morning, everybody's stressed, got to get out the door and puppies chewing you. We yeah. don't like it. So we have to be clear. So I would say I it's personal. I wouldn't go down the path of, yeah, yeah, you can bite me a little bit, but not a lot. I would say you can't bite me and that's the end of it. Right. But the way in which I manage that is really important. Okay. So that's biting. What about jumping? Um, how do you prevent the pounce? I mean... Oh, you just, well, it's, it's it's the other big thing, isn't it? Pouncing. How do you stop a puppy from pouncing on your legs or feet as you walk? <laughs> Is that common behaviour, playful behaviour in a puppy? Yes. Is it wrong? Is it dangerous? What are the, what are the parameters when it comes to pouncing? I mean, it's dangerous if you fall over them, probably. Oh, yeah, clearly, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you stand on them or whatever. Uh, right, so, yeah, it's a very, very similar behaviour. So jumping and jumping up as well, jumping up on yeah. the human, things like that. So what you want to look at is... Muddy paws, not a good one yeah, either. Other no. people's dogs jumping up on me on walks, quite annoying. Yeah, very annoying, particularly if you've like just popped out, you're ready for mm. work or something like that. And they've like walked that. in poo. Yes, mm. nice. Sorry, sorry <laughs> listeners, but, it, you know, it's one of my bugbears. <laughs> so what you want to think about in any of these situations is puppies doing something to get something. Okay, so there's always a reason behind always their action. A reason. There's always yeah. a little... Now, it might not always be obvious. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, so, but generally speaking, in jumping-related behaviour, it's usually reinforced with attention. Okay. So, very, very small as a puppy, giant human, and I want something from up there, up the mm. giant human, so I go and I stand on him, I yeah. jump on him, and we come down, 
and, and we, we handle them and we stroke them and we talk to them because they're cute. So we've reinforced it. So, so what he learns is really quickly, I do this and I get this. So when I'm on my human, I jump. attention, yeah, yeah. And, I get, and they come down to my level. Yeah. So how do you reinforce desirable behaviour then? So you can, you can, we're always going to look at, for me, what does puppy want? So if he wants attention, that's what I reinforce with at that time. So if, I, if I've come in the room, my dog's excited to see me, but I want him to keep his feet on the floor. Mm. Speed is important from my point of view. Remember, he's a puppy, he can't control himself very long. So if he manages to get four feet on the floor, I will immediately go down and make attention. I'm not going to then tell him, well, you have to sit now. You know, that comes later as he gets used to it. Okay, so he's associating your attention with... Being on the floor, floor, yeah. So far paws on the floor. You could also have little bits of food on you, just a few bits of the kibble or maybe in a Tupperware near the door where you come in, something like that. Grab a couple of pieces, throw them like away from you. So you send him away a little bit to get the food. And then as he comes back, you go down to him before he gets a chance to jump up management and preemptive is the name of the game. Yeah. So we sometimes do forget that when our puppy's calm and quiet that we should reinforce that with good dog or a piece of kibble or a pat. I mean, will that will that help them to learn what behaviours you're looking for through positive reinforcement? So even if they're just being good and calm, you should always sort of tell them that they're being good while they're being calm. Yeah, or, I, th- I think so. Is definitely. that necessary? Depends what they're doing. So if, if I'm sat, you know, if I'm sat watching TV and my dog is just hanging out with me and he's chilled out, that's probably enough. I probably leave him to it because if I disturb him, he's definitely going to get up then and start thinking we want to make engagement. Right. Okay. But for certain, it's always worth teaching a puppy to settle. I think. Right. And and this is how we would do that. So I would have him near me when he's calm. Good boy. Nice long strokes. Probably not loads of food because that makes activation. Mm. And then once he's settled, just. Leave yeah, him, just, just let him let him chill. Drink your coffee while it's hot, because you never get to do that when you get a puppy. Or while it's not going to be knocked all over the place because you've got a little puppy jumping all over you. So let's let's just go through some of the body language. So um I've 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 put some questions together uh from different parts of the body. So yes. do you mind if I quiz you on no, um, quiz away? Cool. Okay, so puppy body language. Yay! Puppy's <laughs> eyes, they communicate volumes. I'm going to turn this into a semi Q and A semi quiz. So droopy eyelids. What what would what would you say droopy eyelids indicate? <laughs> so generally speaking, nice, calm, happy, pleasure, those kind of things. Excellent. Yeah? So you tend to see it when puppy when you're having attention with puppy and you stroke like over the top of the head and in the ears. Yeah, oh, they love it. Oh, they yeah, love it. Yeah, he yeah, does yeah. it at the beginning of his ears. The top yeah. of his ears. So they've got them. loads and loads of uh, nerve endings in their um, ears and so long strokes on their ears and ear rubs and stuff are really rewarding for my favorite thing in the world is my dog's ears yeah of course um and so but you see like for most dogs when you mess with them their eyes are like oh they yeah. go all soft soft eyes are nice good yeah so um so we've gone up to i'm going to come back to ears in a minute but um so uh i've read that alert puppies keep their eyes open wide but an unblinking stare is a challenge and shows dominance is that right mm, dependent on the situation i would say probably not okay depends on the dog depends on the situation so to cover eye contact in general so eye contact dog to dog eye contact so direct eye contact i'm walking at you head on and i'm staring at you is rude that's challenge and it's potential for confrontation yeah what you'll find in puppies is they will just avert they'll just turn away you know they'll be trying everything usually speaking to 
get out of it. Quite submissive then. Yeah, because it's impolite. They don't want an adult dog to stare him down and get into trouble. It's important from a teaching point of view, from a training point of view, to teach dogs that eye contact with humans is okay. Mm-hmm. because what we don't want is that that unnerves them and makes a problem later in life. I don't want them to be worried by people looking at them. You see, as humans, we make eye contact. It's polite, mm. but dogs, it's not. So the dog thinks it's impolite, but the human looks at him. Oh, isn't he nice? And he's staring straight in his yeah. face and the dog's and like, oh, yeah. good grief, this is not good. What yeah. do I do? So it's important to to get that across to dogs, definitely. In general, yeah, puppies that are, that are very alert will have bigger eyes maybe and fixing. Also, though, breed. So, for example, if I pick on the herding breed mm-hmm. sections, so shepherds and collies, mm-hmm. border collies, their eye is really super important to the way that they do their job. So they herd things, they stare at it, they move it. You yeah, they're Control hands, freak, control freak, control yeah, freak. Yeah. So they inadvertently <laughs> do this and get in a little bit of trouble, but they don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to move the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I do. Yeah, my my friend's got a collie, and she will literally drop the ball and then just stare at you. Then yes. look at the ball, look at you, yes. look at the ball. I was like, yeah, I know, Trend. I know what you want me to do. Yeah, yeah. really, really <laughs> clever dogs. Okay, so um, do the, the the pupils? I mean, just like us, the pupils of a dog's eye can they indicate aggression or imminent attack? I mean, what you've got to look out for if um, or, or a bit a big pupils indicative of of happy, calm, and tiny pinprick mm. pupils? Are they sort of like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look, you know? So I Lurch think at you any minute. You want with dog body language, it's hard because it's always an overall picture. So oh, you, okay, so me, me eliminating everything else, <laughs> just talking about one point in, in, in the body is yes. not good. Well, no, it is good, but you've got to look at it overall. So if a dog's eyes are wide, it can often, for example, be fearful. Right. It, it might be excited. Oh my goodness, you've just got the ball or something like that. It can also absolutely be aggression. Yeah, I'm staring at you because. I'm about to make a problem with yeah. you. So you just got to be aware of the context and your, and, and, and your environment. Context is yeah. everything. If there's another dog, language. there's another human. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just a case of big eyes means happy, tiny pupils means no. I'm about to jump. Come on, then. What about the mouth then? Because dogs' mouths are also quite expressive. I mean, um, I guess puppy uses his lips, teeth, and even his tongue to communicate all the time. Yes. So we've got lots of different things to think about. So in terms of. And you have to remember as well, not all dogs have got the same level of communication ability in their face. So brachycephalic dogs, Frenchies, boxers, they've got less, they can't move their face as Mm. much. So that in itself can be difficult for another dog because they're trying to look, what are you saying? (laughs) Does it come with colour as well? Because I've also read somewhere that Buddy always kicks off at these two black cavapoos in the pub and it's because he can't act, because they've got really long eyelashes and really long eyebrows. He can't really see their eyes, so he just assumes aggression. Yeah. So he's a little bit wary of them because he, he, they do they automatically assume aggression if they can't see the expression on the other dog's face, or it's is just, that just their default setting? Yeah, or is no, that just it, my dog? <laughs> <laughs> um, so dark colouring definitely is, is is a problem because dogs take a lot of body language from the face. So if the face is a darker colour or, like you say, really hairy, so they can't read the eyes properly, things like that, right. or the dog's ears don't move so much, things like that, it makes them difficult to read. If it's difficult to read, it's potentially unnerving. Right. So if a dog is a little bit more fearful, he's likely to, hmm, I'm not sure about you, to make a problem reading that dog, definitely, yeah. Okay, so there is a lot of... They're constantly reading each other. That's interesting. Yeah, and I'll tell you a really interesting thing. 
on a lot of phones now you can do slow motion video if you slow-mo video dogs playing and see how much you miss in the first because you can't see it yeah Yeah. people we will often think how did that happen you know we didn't see that you probably didn't see it because it's really fast it's so good at reading body language yeah there's stuff going on that you can't even see for for absolutely so much going on that they're communicating to each other that's just impossible for us to notice okay so um i'm going to stop isolating parts of the body then so we've got ears tails body i mean um i guess the ears are also barometers of a puppy's mood and the shapes of a dog ears like you said like um so when they're sort of like when they've got their ears are pricked i mean that is sort of like alertness fun is that sort of a a thing so when they're sort of floppy and sort of chilled out is does that does that sort of um signify signal a relaxed dog or does it really again depend yeah i think ears are probably a little bit easier than 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 some of the other bits so some dogs don't have much movement in their ears so that's not not great you know if you've got a spaniel it can do very little actually with its ears but if you've got something like a shepherd and it's got big standy up Mm. ears like two of my dogs oh my goodness they do all sorts with their ears yeah so so ears up is the general thing ears a little bit forward oh my goodness we're excited we're traveling forward ears back i'm a bit worried oh oh one one of them which i don't know how he does it <laughs> um again sorry i keep banging on about buddy my parsons terrier he manages to turn both his ears inside out <laughs> how why i don't what, know how <laughs> i don't know how he does it i mean he does tunnel under the duvet and tunnel under uh, pillows and things and they turn him inside <laughs> oh out my. but for some reason, when he's excited and playing, you're like running the room and both his ears will just be inside out and he looks ridiculous. But I just don't know how he's done it. Um, that's not a thing then. That's just my crazy dog. A little bit. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so uh, let's move on to the tail. Yeah, tail is how do they use their massive tails? signal, right? Massive signal. So what you want to do with tail is... Where does my dog have his tail when everything is just fine? Okay. When he's normal and relaxed, where is his tail? So if I use, I've got three dogs. So two of mine, their tail is up, up, straight, right? When they're just normally walking about. Yeah. One of them, her tail is quite low set when she's normally walking about. So from that, then I can gauge more what's going on. So what you tend to see is the more worried a dog is, the lower his tail set gets. Mm. And when he's really freaking out, it's going to go Tops right underneath. underneath yeah. yeah. So that's a massive sign. If his tail's tucking underneath, that's not, not right. good. Yeah. Help him, you know? Yeah. Equally, if your dog normally car- so if your dog normally carries his tail, most dogs carry their tail kind of mid, yeah, hanging about there, you know. Mm-hmm. If that tail's suddenly elevating up and going to go across their back, mm-hmm. probably not great. Oh, <laughs> arousal of okay. some. So, oh my goodness, a squirrel. Mm-hmm. Let me put my tail up. Let me put my head and ears up. Let me take a deep breath. Let mm-hmm. me go get the squirrel. Or I'm not super happy with that dog. Let me display that a little bit. Let me put my tail up and look big. Make myself look bigger. Yeah, yeah. make myself oh, look okay. a bit bigger. So the importance of the wag as well, let me cover this. So we also need to understand how, (laughs) this sounds crazy, how does my dog wag when everything is all right? So flowing, smooth flow to that wag, everything is nice. I'm happy to see you. Great job. I'm happy where I am. That kind of tail up, wag, not great. I'm very stimulated. I'm very aroused. I'm going to, going I'm in. going into battle <laughs> yeah. for, some, for something, you know. So yeah, watching your dog and observing how he is 
normally when everything mm. is good. And so then, an, an ear and tail diary might be a good idea. Oh, just sort of keep a note. Yeah, of, and it's super fun like. as well. Yeah. Like, I think, to be honest, when you, when you get a puppy, do you do you even watch telly anymore? Or do you watch the puppy? Because I dog. think that that's what you should do. Yeah, don't do anything else. My dog's in the room. That's it. It's a dog. <laughs> the dog show. That's it. That's all that goes on. Oh, well, that's really interesting because um, the one... Again, my dog Buddy, when people try and leave our village pub, he thinks he owns the pub. The pub's his. <laughs> Everything in the pub is his. He's a terrier. When he when when people try and leave the pub, he 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 starts barking at them, but his tail's up and he's like, Oh no, no. We think he's sort of <laughs> shouting to stop them from leaving. Um he doesn't go for them. But it, it's because he's got his tail in happy mode. It's like, well, why are you barking? Because you only normally bark <sighs> at people when you're telling them to go away. But it's yeah. sort of those sort of conflicts of interests of of tail up but I guess from what you've just said it sounds like overstimulation of maybe, people yeah. moving around and a and bit of communication maybe yeah yeah he's trying to keep the herd together and not let it people can be a leave little bit, yeah yeah oh that's interesting so really it is completely subjective to each dog body language is, is pretty much arbitrary but just like you said it'd be really useful and very interesting and fascinating and good bonding exercise to, to, to just keep notes of what your what oh, your dog's ears, nose, tail, and yeah. mouth are doing when when they're, when they're in particular different moods. You'll see it a lot in pictures. We put, we take a lot of pictures now on our phones and yeah. things. I mean, honestly, my phone. I think there's. Oh, I, I think there's about there. five thousand yeah. pictures yeah. or something and videos. Yeah, of I'll the have dogs. to keep buying more memory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I go for my new phone, that's my key question: How many pictures of my dog can I fit yeah. on it? That's what I want to know. It's not good. It's dog pictures. <laughs> yeah, Come yeah. on, or cat um, pictures. And we did, so you know, even in those, look back at them a little bit when you're looking at them and think to yourself, "What were we doing? Well, mm. You know, what does my dog look like?" It's just it's fun and it's a great way to get to know your dog. Also, you know, because. Part of having a dog is is building a great relationship. That's your friend. You're his friend. So how do you look? How do you feel? Do we need to be out of this situation? Do we need to move? Do we need to make space? Do we need to do more of this because you love it? Mm. That kind of thing. No, that's really interesting. What do dogs do when they sort of come over and sort of, you're like, oh, hello, a new dog that I've never met before in a pub or a park, <laughs> for instance, and then they sort of like lean on you. They like just proper look, lean right on you. What, what does that mean? generally speaking affection attention yeah, yeah. So i like you i feel quite happy just to yeah. just to do the lean in my little famous mavis is a leaner she'll come up to you assess you if you're if you're in favor she'll just slump on you you'll be leaned on you touch me please she Aww. just loves it cuddle me all those kind of things important to mention actually on that not all dogs are tactile they don't all enjoy huge amounts of affection in fact mm. it's more normal for dogs to not really want cuddling than it is to want cuddling if that makes sense yeah yeah so be careful with that don't mm. force the issue if the dog is like oh get off mm. me when you're cuddling him get off him yeah. you know they do tell you though don't they I mean, I think, mine, yeah. if, if mine's been asleep i'll be like hey buddy and i'll go in and he'll just like sit up look at me and then just look the other way <laughs> And just like go away, leave me alone. Just, 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 just go away. <laughs> and it's like, can I have a kiss? It's like, no. Just completely turn his head. Like, just, just no. Yeah, so it's, I'll just have to leave the room. It's hard as well because if you've only got one dog, you probably want that dog to be cuddly. So I've got three. I've got one that's not. Oh, you've cuddly. got options. Yeah, I've got one that's not cuddly and two that are very cuddly. So I'm all right. Yeah. But if I only had the non-cuddly, ooh, I don't know. Oh no, I'm just like, hey, my body's like, oh no, the head's turned. That's it. I've been ignored. But yeah, leave they, the room. Also, just because they don't want cuddling like a human, like 
Mm. No, they're just a whole sleepy time. It's like it's my time yeah. now. I'll come and annoy you when I want cuddling. <laughs> Thank you. But they may just like my uh, my boy. He'd just sit there and I can stroke him quite happily. And he enjoys mm. that. He just doesn't want me to. No, grab just him. not. Yeah. Some dogs don't like being hugged, <sighs> and they don't like your face being right next to their face, no, do no, they? No, or no, they no, don't. No. They like the sides of their face being stroked. They yeah. just don't want that intimacy. Yeah, I think. Um, and yeah, another little thing to think about. Actually, really important. We see a lot when puppies are quite young, when we're carrying them, yeah. people getting in their face. Yeah. This, oh, God, I'd never do that. Yeah, for sure, for me, is not a good thing. The, the main thing I'd be thinking of there is, as a human, do I want to get bitten in the face? Again, those 28 <laughs> razors that are in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> do I want that so, on my nose? And it can be accidental or it can be, dog is desperately uncomfortable, please stop yeah, staring at off. me yeah. and go away. And I didn't have any other option and I did it. Whichever way around, I don't think anybody wants teeth on their face. And I also, dare I say it, don't really want a dog licking my face. I see where they lick. Yes, <laughs> yes, you yes, you are probably a lot more intimate with that than most people. But yes, I, I hear what you're saying there. So there was one other thing I wanted to ask you. So... Would an aggressive dog sort of lean forward to whoever, who, to whoever they want to make cower and a fearful dog would lean back or go on its back and be submissive? I mean, then they're pretty the obvious ones that most people know. Would, would that be a correct assumption of body language? Yeah. So, like everything, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So Again, it's subjective, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, what you want to think about is, so dogs who are genuinely confident in their own skin probably won't display that much aggression because okay. they don't need to. Right. So what They're you not always, getting defensive, they don't need yeah, to. Yeah, they don't need to because what they know is it's a little bit like that thing, a lion don't need to tell you is a lion. It's like yeah. that. It just is. Mm. Um, and it so, knows it. <laughs> and he knows it. So what he knows is if something happens that is makes me uncomfortable, I've got all the skill to deal with it and I'm fine. So okay. I can walk away. I could stand my ground if I absolutely had to, but I'm confident enough that I don't need to put that out there great the dog that is a little bit lower in confidence is probably the one who has to say a little bit quicker like i'm gonna make a growl i'm gonna lean forward a little bit i don't like what's happening so Mm. i'm gonna tell you that because body language is communication remember Mm -hmm. so it's really it's it's important as well to recognize it as communication so for example i see dogs sometimes and they've been punished for growling over something now growling might not be good you might not want it but for certain, it's better than the dog missing it out as a step of communication yeah. and biting you instead. Yeah. So, well, it's the ladder of aggression thing as well that we've yeah, covered before. The absolutely. growl comes before the yeah. the, the, the lurch, the yeah. lunge. So, I'm less confident, so I'm going to do more to repel things. Okay, get out of my space because yeah. a dog yeah. doesn't want a dogs don't want have physical aggressive attack on each other anyway they're going to do anything to to not get hurt themselves or hurt someone else or hurt the other dog are they generally I mean, to begin, speaking, generally speaking yeah, they will tell you as much as they possibly can and, yeah. the, and the last ditch is like right i'm gonna bite you now yeah so you're going to be thinking about something that we call the three f's fight flight freeze that was a mouthful for me to say. Yeah, I bet. That's a bit of alliteration. Come on then, explain fight, flight, so freeze. They are your sort of standard three responses to most situations. Okay, so we've got like, yeah, ours is like fight or flight, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got two. Yeah, <laughs> they've got three. So yeah, what's, so, the, what's the freeze one? So the freeze one is the one that is not great. So mm-hmm. freeze is I'm stuck. 
I got to something and now I'm stuck. I don't Aww. know how to deal with it, yeah? Right. So I'm worried by it. Aww. But it's not a great situation because the first thing that moves is going to scare puppy, you know, or if you touch him, it's going to worry him. So freeze is, we want to try where we can to avoid that. Okay. Um, fight is as it sounds. Yeah. Flight is the option Do most dogs would take. Yeah. Most puppies would definitely. I'm out of here. Yeah. I would almost hope that that would be the best, you know, just let me get out of the way. Okay. So they're important to, to recognise as well. Dogs are all about space. So most body language is centred around creating space from another thing. Mm, get yeah. out of my face. Yeah, go away. Mm, that's interesting. So another thing, like older dogs putting a puppy in, in their place, would that involve sort of, I mean, I've seen my dog sort of like, he's 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 grabbed them not grabbed the muzzle but sort of mouth sort of like laying on of mouth as we call it the lom laying on of mouth it was sort of like gently just put his mouth on the puppy's muzzle or sort of grab the loose skin on the back of his neck not aggressively but just sort of more of a, a domineering type of i'm in charge here you're annoying me back off adolescent <laughs> is that is that the type of thing i mean what other sort of drivers can you see if you've got a, an older dog and a puppy who's just like going, la, 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 i'm getting on your nerves what's that older dog going to do are, are those the sort of things that you would you would see yeah so um i think your choice of words there was good when you said adolescent because this is where yeah. you're going to start and see uh-huh. this so for clarity adult dogs in general, shouldn't be doling out heavy lev- levels of discipline to puppies. It's okay. not great, right? Okay. So most of them quite sort of accepting. They're like, yeah, God, you're an annoying child, but yeah, all right, you're a kid, so I'll let get away with it. Yeah, basically. Okay. So you tend to get different schools of thought from different dogs. So for example, um, you like I've got one, my, my male, big soft male, Honestly, they can do anything to him, and I don't know that I've ever seen him dole out any oh. discipline. <laughs> what breed is he? He's a, a Belgian Shepherd. Oh right, yeah. okay. So he's you know he's got all the capability, but yeah. he's very confident. Mm. Just done. He's just like yeah, yeah, chew me, it's fine. Yeah. So um, that's so. Is it preferred? I'm not really sure because when my puppies get to six months, eight, six, seven, eight months, I might want some social skills putting on them. Yeah. He's not going to. He's going to allow them till they're two-year-old to chew him. Okay. So he's the extreme end of tolerant. Right. What you generally want, if you could possibly manufacture getting a puppy around a balanced adult female dog, that is a golden opportunity because she will do all of that, but in a really nice, understanding way, yeah? Okay. So a puppy should not be getting bitten, getting frightened, getting pinned on the floor, getting grabbed all of these things actually is not good dog body language Mm. if you watch stable dogs interacting that's not how they interact it's very subtle um so famous mavis does a lot of this with um with the puppies that i train if they are like a little bit nervous what's mavis mavis is a lurcher she's collie whippet cross so she will, if I've got a particularly nervous puppy, I will often take her and she's really good. She'll be like, do a play bow and come on, everything is fine and bring it out of its shell a little bit. The other side of that is that if we've got a massively overly social, overly exuberant puppy, I'm happy to put her with that as well because she will make some discipline but not be irrational about it. Right. Yeah? So she'll do things like... She'll do the alpha male thing where an adult male dog will just be like, I'm in charge here, come yeah, on. Because no. that's how it would be in the hierarchy of things in the wild. But Yeah, and it's not ideal. Mother the, dogs are a little bit more tolerant. Yeah, I think that the, the thing that you're looking at is that 
if you're thinking out and about on a walk, what you don't want is a dog that you don't know, that you've never met, that you've got no idea of temperament or the person who owns that dog, how much general control they have. Yeah. Do you want that dog to be in a position to discipline your puppy? I right. would say probably not. No. I'd say no. I would say no quite strongly, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is why we like training classes. Because yeah. training classes, the dog gets to be around dogs, but not on top of them. So he learns to learn and work and pay attention to you and all of those things in a safe environment. Well, I was actually going to come on to that. So puppy training, which we have covered off in other episodes, but it's clearly a very good safe environment to actually observe your dog's uh, body language with with amongst other dogs um, and other puppies as well. Yeah. Um, it's that there's, there's nothing more enjoyable than watching a bunch of puppies interact with each other anyway. It's hilarious. No, it so, is. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a really good way. So, um, again, we will put some notes in the podcast notes and uh, we'll put your website up as well, Claire, so you can uh, go and have a look at her website and see her tips for training. Um, is there anything I've missed off when it comes to body language? We've pretty much covered all parts of the body. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so massively. I think the best thing I could say is look at the whole picture. So learn to know your own dog. You know, some dogs, so for example, you know, your your poodle crosses, your spaniels, things like that, they're dead floppy. They've got tons of big floppy body language. Your terrier breeds, for example, are a lot more upright and look yeah, a bit stiffer. Don't mean it's bad body language, means it's different. Mm. So learn your own dog. Get to know your breed. Get to know your breed, get to know your dog get to know what he looks like when everything is fine, then you've got a comparison. Yeah. And look always at the overall picture. So, for example, just because the dog is barking when he plays doesn't mean anything. It can mm. just be vocal. Yeah. So if everything else is good as a generalisation, then he's just noisy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if he's in a fr- freeze state and, and growling, that's a different thing. So you've got to make some observations and have a look, see what's going on. Brilliant. That's some amazing advice there. Thank you very much, Claire, again, for joining us. And if there's one thing I've taken away from this episode is that your deputy and assistant is actually Famous Mavis. Oh, uh, your, your assistant is your lurcher, which is great to hear that you actually use her to train the puppies. That's fabulous. Yeah, we do. And, uh, um, if you, yeah, you'll, you'll find her on social media. Oh, is she, what, what's, her, what's her tag? Uh, so, well, she'd be all, uh, like on my Facebook and, and on my website and things like that, which are linked in here. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get her up there for you to see. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, uh, for a future podcast, I want, I want Mavis in the studio at oh, some point. Maybe we goodness. can get her in with a puppy. You never of know. Of course we can. She maybe would s- definitely love it. Excellent. Or maybe something <laughs> to think about for, a, for an episode. In the meantime, if you've got any questions, you can tweet us at Pets at Home UK. You can find us on Instagram at Pets at Home UK. Keep it coming because uh, we want some more customer generated content for uh, up and coming episodes. So, yeah, you guys, we need your help to so get in touch.